The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. How are you feeling today? Are you feeling alive and energetic? or lethargic and weak. Listen to your heart. Welcome to the Healing Whisper, a return to peace. Your host for the hour is Dr. Marianne Chase. When we fail to understand and work on the root cause of our stress and illness, we seem to be in a never-ending spiral of poor health and low energy. It's time to re-harness that potential in order to live a better life. Now here's Dr. Marianne. Hello and welcome to the show. This is Dr. Mary Ann Chase and I am so glad that you can join me today. Today we will be talking about the heart. What is the heart? What does it do? Where is the heart? All questions that we all have and I'll admit I'm still seeking out quite a few of those questions and I'd just like to share with you what that's all about. So before we get into that, I'd like to let everybody know that you can connect with me on my Facebook page, The Healing Whisper, as well as Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and my website, thehealingwhisper.com. And I'd like to encourage everybody to head on over to voiceamerica.tv and check out my latest video on The Healing Whisper, Marianne's Garden, on how to build a critter cage. So a lot of fun stuff going on there. And I'd like to let everybody know that this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not intended to treat, diagnose, heal, or cure anything. Everything contained in this show is strictly the opinion of myself, Dr. Mary Ann Chase. Please always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any concerns that you may have. So, the heart. I talk about it all the time. I always close the show with guarding your heart. And so the question that people are asking is, what is the heart? You know, it's not a question of, what is this beating thing in my chest? That's not the heart that I'm talking about when I talk about the heart. I'm talking about the heart that says, I love you with all my heart, heart. I'm talking about the heart that says, I believe you with all my heart. And any number of expressions that are out there that use the heart, it is who we are. And nothing I have been able to find says otherwise. Our heart is who we are. And who we are is what we believe. And what we believe is in our heart. And I I probably could leave it right there, but it's just not that simple. And 
It is that simple. So that's the beginning of the answer of what is our heart. It is who we are. It's our spirit. Not necessarily our soul. And in my opinion, a our soul is a very different thing than our spirit. And it just really depends upon which faith or which belief that you're speaking to when it comes to what is the soul and what is the spirit. But from what I have found, the soul and the spirit are really two separate things. And one of the individuals that I have really read a lot about the heart says that our soul resides in that physical, that beating heart. And our spirit resides in the brain. Well, I tend to disagree with that last part. But getting back to what is the heart, it is part of our spirit. And our spirit is who we are. Now, if you've ever listened to or read in the Christian Bible about when the Jesus died on the cross, it says he gave up his spirit. Didn't say anything about giving up his soul. It said he gave up his spirit. So that was who he was. And when the spirit left the body, there was no longer Jesus there. And those of the Christian faith that believe that Jesus came back to life, that spirit came back and re-enlivened the body. So, again, it is who we are. Now, that brings up a very interesting question that I think everybody asks at some time or another of, who am I? Who am I? You are your spirit. And your spirit resides in this physical body until the moment of your death, and then it exits. And for some people, it actually will come back. I actually had a guest on my show some time ago, and I, I don't have that information in front of me, but she was talking about life or near death experiences where these people actually were living in their spirit above their body. They could see their body because they had literally died in some cases or were very near death in those cases. And it was who they were. And when that spirit came back 
to that body for those near-death experience individuals. They were changed because they learned who they were. And they learned about that spirit and that afterlife experience. So how can we learn who we are? We have to live in our hearts. Our hearts have to be able to be free to tell us who we are. And it's a very difficult thing sometimes to start listening to our hearts. Because guess what? If you don't already know by now, our culture is not really letting us listen to our hearts. Our culture says you need to use your brain. Who you are is who you think you are. And I will disagree. Who you are is who you believe you are. I've talked about our beliefs on this show so much and how our beliefs, be they positive or negative, is what makes us behave the way we behave. Those negative beliefs are the things that cause us to be stressed out. Those negative beliefs are the things that cause us illness and dis-ease. And how do we find those negative beliefs? We listen to our hearts. It's not about listening to our brains about who we think we are. Because sometimes we want to be somebody different because Again, our culture is telling us to be somebody different. And if you're working hard at not being who you are, then your life is probably pretty difficult. It's putting on that mask that causes that stress, not being who you are. And it destroys relationships because we're not living with our hearts and being who we are. I hope I'm making sense here because this is something that I am learning myself as we go along. And I am sure, I am convinced that I won't be able to learn everything about the heart and who I am in this lifetime. But it is a pathway. It is a journey in learning. And It's a great place to be when you're on the path of learning who you are. Folks, you're going to see some things that you just simply don't like. And guess what? You can change that. Because if you see something 
that about yourself that you don't like. And I'm not talking about looking in the mirror and seeing a pimple on your nose type of thing. I'm talking about a heart thing about who you are. If you don't like something about yourself, if let's just say for an example, if you discover that you are a very unforgiving or even unforgiving slightly, if you discover that, then you can change it. And changing that is about, in this example, forgiving and forgiving and forgiving. And if you catch my drift, that means forgiving constantly. And again, I have had several shows about forgiveness and why it's so important and how to begin to forgive. But that can be just one thing you discover about yourself that uh, you suddenly realize that you don't like. I do have one caution about that discovery about yourself that you don't like. So stick around. And I'll get into that after the break. Don't go away. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you feeling stuck? Sometimes we just need a little help from a friend. Go beyond ordinary healing and experience the extraordinary healing journey possible with custom Healing Code Coaching with Dr. Marianne Chase. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com. Dr. Chase's coaching sessions can be conducted via Skype or by telephone. If you have half an hour to devote to getting yourself out of that rut, Dr. Marianne is ready to be that friend. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com and click Coaching. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to The Healing Whisper, a return to peace. If you would like to comment or have a question about our show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is thehealingwhisper at mindspring.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the show. This is Dr. Mary Ann Chase. And today we are talking about the heart. What is it? What does it do? Where? is the heart. Just before the break, I mentioned if you discover something about yourself, about who you are, that you're not happy with, that you don't like, then you can change it. 
And I do have this caution. Sometimes, well, actually, I have two cautions. Sometimes if you see something about yourself that you don't like, maybe it is something that is something that you need to learn to love and to like because that really truly is you. And I'll give you an example about myself. I had constantly berated myself for being a perfectionist. Now granted, perfectionism can be taken too far. And sometimes I did take it too far. But I was constantly berating myself for being a perfectionist, for seeing something that needed to be straightened out or ducks in a row or any of a number of things that a fellow perfectionist will appreciate. What I did discover was that that's really who I am. It is a part of me. But to take that perfectionism overboard was where I was causing my own problems. I would get so stressed out over being overly perfect. And when I realized that perfectionism is a part of me, it is a gift. And I don't have to live with it because it is who I am. What I had to learn to do was change some of those negative beliefs surrounding the perfectionism that it is okay and that I don't have to make everything absolutely perfect. Have to sit back on your haunches sometimes and look at that and say, okay, how important is making this perfect? Because, folks, you can't make everything perfect. Well, honestly, you can't make anything perfect. So, learning to live with that, learning to love it. That was the important part of part of who I am, was learning to love it. Which brings up the second cautionary thing. When you see something about yourself that is a very negative thing about yourself and I'll I'll just take it to another example let's just say you discover that you are not a kind person you never have been and you want to change that and you have decided that you hate that part of yourself that you're unkind please turn around that hate Because as long as you hate something about yourself, whether it is a personality thing that you're hating, or let's just say that you've got that pimple on your nose and you hate that pimple, it's easy to take that word hate and use it so often. And we already know from the studies by Masaru Emoto with water 
and go to my YouTube and I, I've got some watch lists about that water thing. That the word itself, hate, is so negative that the water actually changed its structure, the way it looked. Amazing, amazing, amazing work. But when you use the word hate, I hate, I've got this pimple on my nose. You're causing even greater problems. So when you discover something about yourself, and I'll go back to this kindness issue, if you discover you are unkind and you want to change it, love yourself and say, I am learning to be kind. And do the energy medicine that you need to do to become kind. That's how you begin to change your heart, who you are. Because we are all unique individuals, we are all different. But there are some basic things about who we are that can be changed. And in using my previous example, I cannot, I cannot change my perfectionistic tendencies. But what I can change is the negative tendency on dwelling on something being imperfect. And it does take work. Boy, I tell you, it takes work. But it is well worth the work. So now what is our heart doing? It's all about keeping us safe. If you go back to my show last week on the 10th of March, as well as the show on the 10th of February, I talk about this thing called fear and how we have fear as a thing to keep us safe. And that's part of our heart's job, is to keep us safe. But again, like the perfectionism, we can take that being safe too far. And depending upon a belief that you developed or you inherited, When something happens in your life that you believe is a life-threatening happening, that's when you get stressed out. The heart is there to keep us safe. The heart is there so that we will not die. at least die due to an emergent type situation. So what happens when our heart feels threatened? We get images. We get images of the very first 
thing that triggered that belief, that started that belief. And you may not even know what that image is. It is called, by some circles, the image maker. Other circles call it our imagination. And it's how we live every day, every way, is we get an image of doing something, and then we do it. And then when something happens to us, we get an image of that stressful event. And our body immediately goes into that fight or flight because the image tells us this is unsafe. This is going to potentially kill us or hurt us. So we need to run away. And when you can't run away, you are under stress constantly because of the images. Let me give you an example from my own life again. When we had a bad thunderstorm here in Colorado that included some hail and lots of wind, and it was a bad hailstorm. And this was a couple of springs ago, and it, it beat up and killed most of my plantings. I shouldn't say kill most. It, it really beat up most of my plantings. And it sent me into a tailspin. I was like, I had lost, my best friend had died or something like that. So I went to work with one of my fellow Healing Code coaches. And we discovered that the image that I had was that of a storm actually did cause a death. And it wasn't my image. It was an image that I had inherited. It was an ancestral image. And yes, folks, we can inherit these beliefs, these images. And there is scientific proof of that. I don't have the study right in front of me, but yes, we do inherit these images, be they good or bad. And so I had this image of a storm causing death, and yes, they do. But I hadn't been able to release that belief that all storms cause death. As soon as I was able to energetically release that belief, then I could begin to heal in that area of my life. And yes, when storms come, I know how to be cautionary. That's just practical. What I don't do is fly into a tailspin of grief and upset. So that's what our heart does. 
when we come back from the break, I'll talk a little bit about where is our heart. So don't go away. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you feeling stuck? Sometimes we just need a little help from a friend. Go beyond ordinary healing and experience the extraordinary healing journey possible with custom Healing Code Coaching with Dr. Marianne Chase. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com. Dr. Chase's coaching sessions can be conducted via Skype or by telephone. If you have half an hour to devote to getting yourself out of that rut, Dr. Marianne is ready to be that friend. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com and click Coaching. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to The Healing Whisper, A Return to Peace. If you would like to comment or have a question about our show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is thehealingwhisper at mindspring.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. This is Dr. Marianne Chase, and I'd just like to remind everybody that you can connect with me on my Facebook page, The Healing Whisper, as well as Twitter, LinkedIn, and my website, thehealingwhisper.com. Today, we're talking about the heart. What? What? is it? What does it do? And where is it? And just before the break, I was talking about what does the heart do? Basically, it keeps us safe. The heart is where we create these images that we live our lives by. It is our image maker or, if you will, our imagination. But you know what? There is nothing, absolutely nothing that you do in a day without using that imagination. Let's just take a perfect example. It's the end of the day. It's time to leave work. What's the first thing that you see in your image? Is it an image of the clock? straight up at 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock or 4 o'clock, whatever time you're supposed to leave work, what is that image when you know it's time to leave work? Then what's the next image? Are you getting in your car? Are you getting on the train? Are you getting on the bus? Do you see what I mean? You can't do anything without first having an image. So where is our heart? We know where the physical heart is. That's that's an easy thing. Anybody who knows basic anatomy knows that the heart is slightly on our left side behind the chest. But where is this heart that is who we are. Where is this heart that 
creates images. There are those that say that heart is in our head, that it's our mind. And that's, that's one way of looking at it. But personally, folks, I believe our heart is all over. And the reason I feel that way is if it were not all over, then we wouldn't be pulling away and getting a fear response from a memory like touching a hot stove. That's a memory. That's an image. And that memory and image is in our hand. It's part of keeping us safe, which is what the heart does. But you know what? It's not important. It's not a thing to have lengthy debates over where the heart is. What's more important is what I talked about in the very first segment about the heart being who we are. There's been some very interesting research, and it was actually done in the mid-70s by a neuroscientist. I think Sperry was his last name, and it was what was called split-brain research. And how it was done is, and I remember this like it was yesterday because it was so fascinating. And my sister, who is a neurologist, was telling me all about it because she was very interested in this research. In any case, this neuroscientist, neurologist, uh, neurosurgeon actually, was had done some cutting of the brain. The middle of the brain is separated by a tissue called the corpus callosum. And what this does is it helps our left brain communicate with our right brain and vice versa, the right brain communicate with the left brain. And the reason he cut that corpus callosum in certain individuals humans was because they had a severe seizure disorder that wasn't being corrected by anything, drugs or anything. And it was a life-saving surgery for these people to cut that somehow the, the signal between the two halves of the brain had been set back, had been interrupted. And so in this research, after he had cut that corpus callosum, he wanted to know what the, the results were, what, how these people were living. And some very simple research was done with all of these individuals. And he'd have them sit down at a dinner table or a table And he'd have eating utensils in front of them. And he'd have them cover one eye. And so 
when they covered their left eye, that meant that the right brain was not being able to see anything. Because we know that our right side of our body is the left brain communicating. And our left side of the body is the right brain communicating. And he just wanted to know what was going to happen. So he had them cover their left eye. That meant their right brain was in the dark. And he'd tell them to pick up the spoon. And they could do that because right in front of them was a spoon and they could see it. Because, now I've got that backwards, folks. I'm sorry. When their left eye was covered, their right brain was not working, but their left brain was working. And when their left brain was able to see through the eye, when they were told to pick up the spoon, they couldn't do it. They didn't see the word spoon. And vice versa. When their right eye was covered and their left brain was working, they could pick up the spoon because the image of the spoon was there. So what this told people, and I think I got that backwards again, (laughs) what this told the researchers is that our right brain works in images only, whereas our left brain works in words. And when that corpus callosum was severed, without the right brain being able to communicate to the left brain, if they didn't have both eyes working, they were severely crippled. And it depended upon which eye was not working. If their right brain was working, they could do just about anything because the images were making it into their mind. Whereas when that left brain was the only thing working, Only words were getting in, but it was meaningless because they couldn't connect an image with that word. They see the word spoon, but they didn't know what it was. So they couldn't pick up the spoon when their left brain was the only thing working because they didn't see the word spoon. So that's why a lot of individuals say that our heart is in our right brain. Because when we are living in our right brain, we are living in images. And if we've got a negative image coming at us, we're still living in our right brain, which, by the way, we need to live in all the time because that's where our heart is and everywhere else but it starts in the brain 
So it's that heart in the brain communicating to the rest of the body what the image is. And folks, even people blind from birth, never seeing anything from birth, they have images. They can't describe the image with words, but they do have images. Because, folks, we were made to imagine and create. And if we create that negative image, it is affecting us for the rest of our lives. But that's what the very, very interesting split-brain research told us. That one side of our brains is the creative side and the other side is the logical side. And we've gone too far in our culture into the logical side. When we can say that it makes no logical sense that this situation in our lives could cause stress for us, then we're living too far on our logical brain. And we need to live more in our heart, our right brain, our image maker. Because that is where you can change the image. You can change your heart. There's another expression. He or she had a change of heart. Which means they made a change in their decisions to do something or to not do something. And they did it on a deeper level than the logical brain would have told them to do. And again, that's why I say, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. And if you think you have made a 100% logical decision... And it still doesn't go right because I made a logical decision even though my gut told me to go and do something else. That's why it didn't work out. It's because you didn't follow your heart. Folks, after the break, I'll get into a little bit of ideas on how we can live in our heart better. So don't go away. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you feeling stuck? Sometimes we just need a little help from a friend. Go beyond ordinary healing and experience the extraordinary healing journey possible with custom healing code coaching with Dr. Marianne Chase. Visit thehealingwhisper.com. 
Dr. Chase's coaching sessions can be conducted via Skype or by telephone. If you have half an hour to devote to getting yourself out of that rut, Dr. Marianne is ready to be that friend. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com and click Coaching. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to The Healing Whisper, A Return to Peace. If you would like to comment or have a question about our show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is thehealingwhisper at mindspring.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the show. This is Dr. Mary Ann Chase. And today we are talking about the heart. We've gone over what the heart is. We've gone over what does it do. And we've talked about where is the heart Now, let's have a little discussion about what do we do about learning to live with our hearts more than we live with our heads. And it's an interesting concept because our culture tells us to live in our heads. Our culture actually teaches to regurgitate facts in school not how to live and be in our hearts. And that's not the way we learn. Nobody learns and nobody bees just by being in their logical head all the time. I have recently come across the works of Larry Napier, N-A-P-I-E-R, And just a wonderful, a wealth of information about the heart. And he's talking about this split brain research and he talks about our right brain and he likens our right brain to a lion and he hearkens the left brain to an ox. And in ancient cultures, the lion was considered king. The lion was the royalty. The lion is what everyone wanted to be like. But the cultures also had to have oxen. And the oxen were the ones that did the physical work. The oxen were the ones that were the logical They plod along every day. So the heart, the right brain, is a lion. 
and the left brain is an ox. And Larry has written a wonderful book called Releasing the Lion. And he talks about this. And he talks about why we need to live in our right brain. Not because the left brain isn't important, but because the right brain has been ignored for so long in our culture that we're really out of balance. And the only way to achieve balance is by living all the time in the right brain with the occasional letting the left brain have its day. And according to Larry, how this works is that you create an image. And let's just say you're going to build a house. And that house is never built unless there are blueprints. And the blueprints never occur unless somebody had an idea, an image of what they wanted that house to look like. And then that image, that idea, was communicated to that left brain so that the lines and the words of that blueprint could be drawn out. And when somebody is spending a lot of time in their right brain, they are very creative individuals. They are, as Larry calls it, they are geniuses. And when somebody spends a lot of time there, they will find those negative things in their heart that are keeping them stuck. They will find those negative things that are keeping them shut down. And that are keeping that left brain from working. Now I remember, I said we need to have a balance between the two sides. And that balance is achieved by spending some more time in the right brain. So how do we do that? There are so many ways to do that, but two main things need to be done. A conscious effort and meditation. Now you can do your meditations by praying, praying. You can do meditations by doing energy medicine modalities. You can just spend some quiet time. And the best way to spend quiet time is put in some earplugs, put on a blindfold, and just be. Let the images come to you. And if you get a negative image, notice it. And then you can do your energy medicine to change that 
negative image. Again, it sounds simple, and it is simple, but it can be tough to do. It can be tough to do because it takes time. It can be tough to do because of fear. What if I get a negative image? I don't want to get that negative image because it can cause pain. And yes, it can. But that lion, that lion heart needs to learn to live so that the pain is not a negative pain. You ever heard the expression, yeah, it hurts now, but the benefit later will be well worth it. And I think a lot of that is in relation to physical training for athletic pursuits. But you know what? It really goes the same way for emotional health pursuits. Because folks, we're all pursuing one goal. Everything else that we pursue in our life is really a desire. And we really have only three goals in our life. Our spirit wants to have love. We want to have joy. And we want peace. Those three things. And our heart, our spirit, can lead us there. We can have love, joy, peace. Because that is who we are according to our heart. And the wise people of the ancient Hebrews knew this. And so King Solomon said, and I said it earlier in the show, he said, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Because your heart is who you are and your heart is your spirit. So until next week, folks, blessings. Thank you again for taking the advice of your heart and tuning in to The Healing Whisper, A Return to Peace. Please join your host, Dr. Marianne Chase, again next Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We hope to talk to you again next week. Thank you.